Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we come before you, and we're here today to celebrate the resurrection, the new life that we can have through Jesus Christ. Today that we spend time with family, spend time with loved ones, time that, we, we, that we're around the people we desperately care about. Lord, help us to discover new life this morning. As we read in your word about what Jesus did after the resurrection, when he was on the road with others, God, help us to see the opportunity to go from knowing about the resurrection to believing the resurrection and believing that we can have new life. We say all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Good morning. Oh, that was, that was good. You guys must have had your coffee this morning. That was pretty good. Usually I go for a second time, but I don't need to this morning. I'm John Mueller, the lead pastor here at Sunlight Community Church. I'd like to welcome you here to our Easter Sunday morning service. I'm, I'm excited. Today is Easter Sunday. It's the day we as Christians celebrate the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And if you've been with us over this last week, we've been on the road with Jesus on Holy Week. Last Sunday, we heard about Jesus being the servant king. This last Friday for Good Friday, we learned about Jesus on the road to the cross. And today, we're going to be finding Jesus on the road with us after he's resurrected. If you have our app, you can click the link at the top of the feed. You'll find our digital bulletin and notes that you can follow along with. Today we're going to be in the Gospel of Luke. It's the third book of the New Testament, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, with a message I've entitled, Discovering New Life. Easter is a celebration of new life. Don't we think that's really what Christmas is? It's the birth of Jesus, but this is actually a celebration of new life. Going from knowing about the resurrection to believing that Jesus was resurrected and is resurrected requires discovery. If you're like many people, you're not here this morning because God talked from you from a cloud with the light shining down like you might see in a cartoon or a movie, but the reason you're here is because it's tradition. Or God took his time with you for you to discover a relationship with Jesus Christ. Knowing and believing has a bridge of discovery. So if you can, with me, can you commit to taking that bridge today? Can you commit to opening your mind to discovery? So let's discover together. Forget what you know about the resurrection. Because, I mean, we all walked in and obviously we know something about the resurrection. And look at how Jesus on the road helps us discover the truth of new life found in him. Turn with me to Luke chapter 24, verse 13. We're going to start in verse 13 here this morning. And we find ourselves right after the women went to the tomb of Jesus. These women went to the tomb, and he wasn't there. So they come back with this report of Jesus isn't in the tomb. Angels appeared to us and said that Jesus is alive. And then we get to verse 13 here in Luke chapter 24. I'm going to read through to verse 18. It says, that very day, two of them were going to a village named Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem. And they were talking with each other about all the things that had happened. 
While they were talking and discussing together, Jesus himself drew near and went with them. But their eyes were kept from recognizing him. And he said to them, what is this conversation that you're holding with each other as you walk? And they stood still, looking sad. Then one of them, named Cleopas, answered him, Are you the only visitor to Jerusalem who does not know the things that have happened in these days? I think I would ask that question too. Now we're along the road to Emmaus, with some travelers leaving Jerusalem on the Jewish week of Passover. Imagine walking down a dirt road, and you're headed to your, back to your village, and then you hit verse 15. That's where things start getting interesting. Jesus himself, actually in physical form, went with them. God kept the people from realizing who it was. I think that's for a reason. The first truth about Jesus from this passage is Jesus is for us, seeking us out. He actually sought the people out along the road. He didn't let them come to him. He went and found them. So Jesus is for us, seeking us out. That's what he does. We're going on a journey with Jesus on the road, and we're going to see he's walking with them. The first thing he does with them, which I think is kind of curious, is he pretends he doesn't know what's going on. Do you ever do that? Pretend not what's going, you don't know what's going on, but you do? He wants to hear what they're thinking. Jesus helps them to discover him. He's willing to listen. And he doesn't reveal everything up front. Simple as that. We probably wouldn't get all of it if he shared it all at once, what God's plan was. And the next thing they do is they actually stop and they sigh because they're so sad. They're just like, like this last week has not been a great week for us. But Jesus is there genuinely wanting a relationship with us. He is for you. He, he, he is okay being with us when we're just sad. His presence, though, is many times the comfort we need. He doesn't just tell us things. He wants a relationship. He's not sitting there lecturing them about, don't be sad. I'm really resurrected from the dead. He's not lecturing them or teaching truth. He's living it. We're a sought-out people. Jesus seeks us out. And he's not afraid to go to the deepest, darkest corners of our lives, exposing to the light our inability to be like him without a relationship with him. So you might have doubt about the res- Jesus and the resurrection. You might question, is Jesus really alive right now, just as he said? But in verse 18, there's a name mentioned here. That's very important. A name mentioned as an eyewitness to what is happening. There is many times in the Bible, especially in the New Testament, where someone is healed or or the blind have sight, and you don't hear the name of the person that receives sight. But here you hear what the witness's name is. Cleopas. His response to Jesus' question about, you know, what things, what's going on? What is this conversation that you're holding with each other as you walk? Jesus asked that. And then Cleopas accusatory, I mean, I don't know how you would take this, but I take it that way, says, are you the only visitor? Are you the only visitor to Jerusalem who does not know the things that have happened there in those days? Are you the only person? Are you only the only one? 
Sometimes we're angry at Jesus. And then there's kind of like a, an anger that was potentially there with that question. But he hasn't revealed himself to us yet. We don't know his plans for us. And sometimes that's part of the problem. We don't necessarily need to know the plans yet. Scripture tells us in Proverbs 16, 3, commit your work to the Lord and your plans will be established. If we're committed to a relationship with Jesus, we will have our plans established. Simple as that. And with Jesus knowing God's plan already, he could have been angry about the question, right? I already know what God's going to do through you. I already know what's happened. Can't you see I'm resurrected from the dead? But he doesn't say anything yet. In fact, he's, he's patient and calm in his response. So continue with me in verse 19 because his response is characteristic of how he pursues us. Starting in verse 19. And he said to them, what things? And they said to him, concerning Jesus of Nazareth, a man who was a prophet, mighty in deed and word before God and all the people, and how our chief priests and rulers delivered him up to be condemned to death and crucified him. But we had hoped that he was the one to redeem Israel. Yes, and beside this, it is now the third day since these things happened. Moreover, the women of our company amazed us. They were at the tomb early in the morning. When they did not find his body, they came back, saying that they'd seen a vision of angels who said that he was alive. Some of those who were with us went to the tomb and found it just as the women had said, but they did not see him. Jesus asks, what things? When he sees how sad they are. Simple question, what things? What's going on? What's been going on? He cares for them. He draws them in. He gets their attention. And so the second truth about Jesus from this passage is that Jesus is for us, catching our attention. Jesus is for us. He's catching our attention. He didn't just let the cat out of the bag, you might say. He didn't tell the whole story yet. He just caught their attention so they could discover him. Cleopas can't help but tell Jesus what happened. But they still don't know it is him. What things happened? They think that Jesus is a prophet, but not God. They think he's mighty before God and men, it says. They believe the power of God was on Jesus. And they also believed that the religious leaders and rulers had killed him. But Jesus already knows that's not true. They hope he's the king, the Messiah, but now they don't think he is. And it's three days later. Three days later. You might believe that Jesus is a good person or a prophet, but he's going to show you who he really is in the rest of this passage. They had hoped. You notice it says they had hoped? They had hoped. They lost hope in Jesus. And when things seem darkest, we can't give up hope. All it took was three days to give up hope. And we think our attention spans are short. Three days. Three days. And they're just ready to move on. Or maybe they're not moving on because they're sad. But they don't believe he's alive. So what happened in those three days? The women went to the tomb and Jesus was gone. The angels appeared and said Jesus was alive. 
and Cleopas and his, his group here, they didn't believe it. They didn't believe what the women said. Because, what do we see here? They had to go see it. They had to go to the tomb. But the angels were already gone. They'd already given the message. They had to go to the tomb. Sometimes we do not believe what others say about the power of God. We want to see it for ourselves. Show me. We say that to God. Show me. Verse 24 tells us, Some of those who were with us went to the tomb and found it as the women had said, but they did not, but him they did not see. Jesus wasn't in the tomb, but what is, was he alive? Was he alive? They didn't, still didn't believe it yet. Twice now, twice they'd seen or heard evidence that Jesus was resurrected, but they still lost hope. Jesus caught their attention, but that didn't turn into belief yet. They knew he wasn't in the tomb, and they knew that angels appeared to the women. Jesus knows that they didn't turn into belief yet because that's what he says starting in verse 25. In verse 25 is where there is a whole different attitude that Jesus has towards them. And it turns into belief. So starting in verse 25 through 35, verse 25 it says, And he said to them, O foolish ones, and slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Was it necessary that the Christ should suffer these things and enter into his glory? I'm going to pause for a second. That's a question, but the answer is yes. And Jesus is implying that in how it's written. Continuing in verse 27, it says, And beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he interpreted to them all the scriptures, the things concerning himself. So they drew near to the village to which they were going. He acted as if he, was going, he, he were going further. But they, argued, they urged him strongly, saying, Stay with us. For it is toward evening, and the day is now far spent. So he went in to stay with them. And when he was at the table with them, he took the bread and blessed it and broke it and gave it to them. And this is the most miraculous part of this. And their eyes were opened, and they recognized him, and he vanished from their sight. And they said to each other, Did not our hearts burn within us while he talked to us on the road? while he opened to us the scriptures. And they rose at that same hour and returned to Jerusalem. And they found the eleven, those who were gathered together, saying, The Lord has risen indeed and has appeared to Simon. Then they told what had happened on the road and how he had known them, how he was known to them in the breaking of the bread. After that, accusatory question. Jesus shows some great patience and curiosity. But verse 25 is almost shocking compared to that. This is not the same Jesus just a minute ago that said, what things? He wanted to see what they had already discovered and what they believed. And he saw that they didn't have hope anymore. Verse 25 is a response to those that know the truth but don't believe. There's a bridge there, the bridge of discovery, he calls them foolish and slow of heart because the Old Testament, the scriptures that they would have known as practicing Jews, told of the king to come, the Savior, the Messiah. 
in his suffering. Verse 27 makes it clear Jesus taught them about who he is and who he is then, who he is now, and who he is for all eternity. So the third truth about Jesus from this passage is that Jesus is for us, teaching us how to live a new life. He doesn't leave us along the road. They were on the road, going somewhere. They were walking away from Passover, and they, their lives felt really empty. They were like, did you hear about what happened last week? But Jesus, he's dead. But Jesus is now here telling him, no, I'm not. I'm alive. Jesus is teaching us how to live a new life. The entire Old Testament points to Jesus, and they still missed it. You can know a lot about the Bible and still not have a relationship with Jesus. I know a lot of people that that's the case. Do you know the truth, but you haven't believed it in your heart? Are you letting others' behavior or actions keep you from new life? Jesus wants a relationship with you. He's on the road walking with you. What are you waiting for? What, what, what point are you going to wait for? They wanted more time with him along the road. Didn't you see that? He said, I'm going to go further. Still not knowing he was Jesus. Jesus had captured their attention and their focus in a way he had never before. Jesus responds to our requests and our desire to be with him. He doesn't just leave us hanging, you might say. Then verse 31 happens, and this is probably the most miraculous moment of this entire passage, when it says, and their eyes were opened, and they recognized him, and he vanished from their sight. Wow, let that sink in. You're having dinner with Jesus, but you don't know it's Jesus, and all of a sudden you know it's Jesus, and then he disappears. It's like, man, I wish I knew it was Jesus the whole time. I had so many questions. They're there. It's late at night. The patience that Jesus had to wait to reveal when he knew what they were looking for. God has to open our eyes to who Jesus is. You can recognize him when your eyes are opened, but before that, you can't. Sometimes God brings that aha moment into your life where you're like, aha, you know, like there's the light bulb goes off. And then verse 32 is when the, the aha moment happens. Verse 32 is a reflection of how Jesus works behind the scenes. It says they're, did, they, they're saying this, did not our hearts burn within us while we talked while he talked to us on the road, again, on the road, while he opened to us the scriptures, they're traveling with Jesus towards Jesus. Think about this. They're, they're, they're walking with Jesus, not knowing it's him, but they're actually going towards Jesus because he's also going to reveal himself to them. You can't know Jesus if you don't open the Bible. You can't know Jesus if, some, if someone doesn't share him with you. If you don't know, you can't believe. The transition from knowledge to new life is definitely a miracle of God. It causes you to do crazy things. Look what they did next. It says that Cleopas and the others, what the others did next, and they rose on the same hour and returned to Jerusalem. 
they had just stopped because it was so late at night. They'd been traveling, and they ate, and now they just get up and leave because they believe. Belief requires action. You have to do something about it. Like, I can just imagine this. This is before electricity, okay? They're traveling at night down a road that there's robbers and there's people that can steal things from them or beat them, and they're willing to take that chance to tell others that Jesus is alive. They're not afraid of the consequences. They believe that Jesus is alive. And then they find the disciples, and they say, The Lord is risen indeed and has appeared to Simon. Besides Cleopas, now another witness is mentioned. Come to think of it, in 1 Corinthians, it tells us many more people saw Jesus. There's many eyewitnesses. 1 Corinthians 15, 6 through 7, it says, Then he appeared to more, more than 500 brothers at one time, most of whom are still alive, though some have fallen asleep. Then he appeared to James, then to all the apostles. You know what that's saying to the Corinthians? When that letter was written, when it was written, they're saying like, hey, you can go still talk to eyewitnesses. The resurrection's real because you can still talk to them. They're alive. They saw him. It even says that some are still alive. Do your own investigation. This is for real. Jesus walked with them, and he talked with them, and he ate with them, and he appeared to them. I can't think of what I would do in that situation except for the response that they have. They cannot be quiet about it. Once they know and they believe, they had to share right away. Now, does that describe your faith? What would it need to be for that to be true of you? It took three times of seeing proof for them to believe that Jesus was resurrected. It took three times. What's it going to take for you to truly believe that Jesus rose from the grave, that Good Friday was good, but Easter Sunday is when we have new life? How many times hearing the new message of new life will it take for you to believe? And if you believe and have new life, what's keeping you from sharing that? If you're saying, I, I've got new life in Jesus, what's keeping you from sharing that? Jesus seeks us out. He catches our attention. He teaches us how to live a new life. Why? Because he's for us. So what? What's the big deal? If you've been in the church for five years, 10 years, 20 years, you've come to every Easter Sunday, whatever it is, you've probably heard a similar message about the resurrection. So what? Why does it matter? Why does it matter? It's like the song goes, because he lives, I can face tomorrow. So what's it going to take for you to believe? Believe that Jesus is seeking you out. Maybe you woke up this morning, and this morning was the first time you decided to come to church. <laughs> He's seeking you out. How has God been seeking you out? Through others? Through the Bible? Through providing this last year? And possibly through painful experiences? which is hard, but that's one way God works in our lives. So what are you going to do about it? What are you going to do about it? Are you walking with Jesus? He's already on the road with you. No matter what your past is, 
or what today looks like. He's on the road with you. Or maybe you're already pursuing God and have new life. So your mission is a little different. Your mission is, is planting seeds, seeking others out, bringing people to Jesus. So who are you seeking out? What seeds are you planting? Are they producing fruit? How are you helping others walk with Jesus along the road? What are you doing? He catches our attention. So how has Jesus been catching your attention? Is it through the Bible? Is it through others? Maybe it's through loss or through joy or through processing life. What's catching your attention? Have you made the transition from knowing about new life to believing in Jesus for new life? Knowing to believing. Or maybe you've already made that transition. So whose attention are you trying to catch? Who are you asking curious questions of? Who are you pursuing through friendship? The older I get, the more I realize that the older you get, you have to actually pursue friendship. When you're younger, you're like put in a space around people that you have to spend time with. (laughs) When you get older, you have to pursue friendship. So who are you pursuing through friendship? All it took was Jesus noticing their emotions, their sadness, and asking a question. What things? So who are you paying attention to? If you know Jesus and you believe in him for new life, who are you paying attention to? Jesus gives attention to them before their attention is caught. So you've got to start with that. Build into people like Jesus because he teaches us about new life. Have you been learning about new life? Are, are, are you spending time with Jesus in the Bible, whether it be on your phone? I found it's really easy on your phone to press, like, there's a version Bible app, and you click on it, and you press a button, and all of a sudden it talks to you, you know, like it, <laughs> it reads the scripture to you, so you really can't avoid reading. If you don't like reading, listen to the audiobook. It's another way of doing that. What steps are you taking to live a new life? Or maybe you have that new life. What steps are you taking to teach others? Now, Jesus' teaching doesn't just include information. It doesn't include information. It's about believing. So what does your belief show people? Believing that Jesus came to earth, he was present here, performed many miracles, died on a cross for us, for our sins, was resurrected from the dead three days after the crucifixion. Three days that we already know from being on the road seemed like an eternity to people. Three days. He has redeemed us for new life, life that can only be found in him. When we repent of our sins and receive forgiveness, Is this Easter going to be different? Are you going to be able to be on the road with Jesus? Are you on the road with Jesus? If you're not, I encourage you to take that step of discovery. Are you sharing with others? Take that step of discovery in knowing that maybe when someone's rejecting what you've told them, 
or encourage them with that Jesus is rejected too? Have you discovered belief yet? Because the difference between knowledge and belief is the bridge of discovery. So I want to end by doing something that we usually start with on an Easter Sunday. And it is exciting. But we say, he is risen. And what does it say in this passage? What do they say? Anyone, anyone got that? He is risen. Okay, okay, wait, wait. Let's try that again. So he is risen. Yes, he's risen. That, <laughs> he is risen. That's what I need to hear on Easter Sunday and every day of my life. He has risen indeed. He's risen just as he said. And he's here. He's alive. Let me pray. But as we sing a song, praise him for that fact that he is alive because he's given us new life. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we come before you and we know that Jesus was raised from the dead. We've heard that story before and maybe it's just new and fresh to us this week. But we've, we've heard it and we've heard it and we've heard it and it's almost become dull. But God, help us to, to, to ignite a passion like the people along the road that saw Jesus when, when he appeared to them and then they ran. They left in the middle of the night to go tell people that Jesus is alive because he is resurrected from the dead and we have new life. Give us that, that, that passion this Easter. Give us that excitement. Let it be fresh in our minds and that if we just came in this morning and we know of the resurrection and much like something we used to use it's really old and dull we know about it help us to turn to you in belief and receive new life repent of our sins receive forgiveness for all eternity we say all this in Jesus name